0: you have a Bible, we'll start off in Psalm 119, verse 160. Psalm 119 is the psalm about the Word of God. Wasn't it great? I don't know what you did last Wednesday, but the church was closed, and I had set my alarm for seven, and so alarm went off, and we went in and turned on uh, the replay from the week before. We just had church. This is our habit. It's gotten to be my habit when we travel, because, you know... Uh, when we first started doing the online, I would catch Austin or Aaron Wood later. But somehow, I've just gotten in this habit. I mean, of, you know, if we're, if we're at Derek and Christina's, man, nine o'clock, and I'm, I'm doing the service. And there's something about um, not just hearing the word, but there's something about the worship, there's something about hearing worship. Amen. Amen. I wonder how much better our lives would be if we were listening to more worship music and less of other stuff. It's a good thing. Amen. Amen. I thought it was great. Amen. I'm I'm so old. I'm uncertain about all kinds of technological stuff. So, I remember I remember when when Austin was Trying to talk to me about online giving. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and and then later texting. Huh? But you cannot believe the millions of dollars. So I, I'm in favor of it. Amen. <laughs> but you know, but when it works, it works. And then when it doesn't work well, then it's a problem. Amen. So let's talk about the word of God. And a basic problem I think probably everybody in the room has, everybody watching online, and that is underestimating the written word of God. The word is of God, the outbreathings of God, the mind of God, and the will of God. Say it out loud. The word of God is the will of God. I know the will of God by the word of God. By the word of, God. of course, that takes us to... Uh, Romans 12 2 do not be conformed to the image of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is God's good pleasing and perfect will towards you so the reason people don't know the will of God is because they haven't taken time to study and meditate on the word of God say it again we we discover discover the will will of of God in the word of God now. I think what we do is we get familiar with the word. You know, you can get familiar with all kinds of things. You can get familiar with your husband. You can get familiar with your wife, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and look at this or that at work and not even remember what you have at home. See, we get familiar with stuff, and, and it's what we, we get familiar with that we take for granted. And I think to, uh, to go a step further on that illustration, uh, you know, I belong to Sue and Sue belongs to me. I mean, that's mine. Well, the word of God is mine. Can you see that? It's mine. Say it out loud. The word of God, word of God is, mine. is mine. And so when I get from when I allow myself to get familiar with the word of God, I'm not hurting anybody else but myself. David had said in Psalm one nineteen one sixty, 160, all, a song to the Lord, all your words are true, all your righteous laws are eternal. And then Jesus prayed to the Father in John 17, 17, Father, thy word is true. Thy word is truth. I rehearse that every morning of my life. Father God, Jesus prayed, John 17, 7, Father, thy word is truth. So, Father God, your word is true. Father God, you are true. Father God, your word is good. Father God, you are good. I rehearse that every morning of my life. Because, and the reason is when we rehearse the word of God, in a way, we're meditating on the word of God. It gets cemented into us. And listen, what they're doing right now out here in this wicked world is... They are efficiently and effectively employing the principles of God that God's people do not employ. They rehearse their lie. It's in your face 24-7 to where you can't help but think about their lie. In other words, you're meditating on it. And to get the A in school or to get hired or to keep your job, you have to confess their lie. And now we're seeing the result. If you hear it, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. But wait a minute. Can, can faith in a lie come by hearing a lie? Sure. So you hear it repeatedly. You believe it. You confess it. And you do all that until what? What's the last step that Christians don't want to do on the positive side? See, I'm talking about the dark side. They take action on it. These are the the principles that the genius architect of the earth and the universe created. And God's people don't want to work these principles, but the world's working them. I saw a psychiatrist give testimony at a school board meeting, and I don't remember the number, and I don't know that this is true, but this is what the psychiatrist said, that if you tell a child a lie, if I remember right, it was something like 43 times, they'll believe it. Listen, everything this dark world does in its nefarious agenda is exactly what the serpent did in the garden. It is a taking of what is God's and twisting it. So... (laughs) When 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 I look around and I see the devil using God's principles more effectively than God's people are using God's principles, I say it's time to wake up. Amen. And it's time to get with it. Thy word is truth. It's not a truth. It's not one truth. It's not a possibility. Jesus said to the Father, Father, thy word is truth. Jesus, praying to the Father, said, thy word is truth. So the word of God is God speaking. The word of God is part of God himself. In fact, the word of God is God. You know, once when Charles Capps was up at I-30, he said, people would come to him and accuse him of saying, you know, uh, Brother Caps, you're just trying to make the Bible God. He said, I'm not trying to do that. God already did that. John 1:1. in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So the Word of God is God, and God is his Word. Now, people don't think like this anymore, but old school thinking was, a man is no better than his Word. Well, God is no better than his word, and this is the problem when people want to fall out with the Bible on this or that because it's not something that you can chip away at and it stand. If you don't like this part of the Bible or that part of the Bible, well, how do you know heaven's true? How do you know that Jesus was the son of God? In other words, it's not something that you can just take out what you like and leave the rest. It it doesn't work like that. I mean, if it's a lie, it's all a lie. I've been meditating since my offering Sunday. I've been meditating on what Jesus said. No one who has given up homes or brothers or sisters or fathers or fields for me and for my sake, and for the gospel in this life and for the gospel shall fail to receive in this life a hundred times as much and I've been meditating on that see there's only a or b there's not like a b c d he was either that's either true or he's a liar and if he's a liar well it's all a lie All right. While I'm talking to you, he's talking to me. Hear the word till we believe the word, confess the word, meditate on the word. This is Joshua 1.8. Until we are convinced enough of the word to take action on the word. All right. So after Sunday's offering, um, we're we're headed out to walk Monday morning. And I, I said to Sue, I said, I said, if if we got an offer from J.P. Morgan Chase, and they they had this uh, investment opportunity, and they guaranteed, they said we're we're putting the full faith and credit of J.P. Morgan Chase behind this investment, and we guarantee you a hundredfold return. I said, would you put a dollar in, or would you put a thousand dollars in? Or would you put $100,000 in? This was my question to her on Monday morning. You know what she said? She said, i put everything I had in it. Well, J.P. Morgan Chase is not a mosquito on an elephant's backside compared to the Ancient of Days. See, our problem is, that's an example of how we get familiar with the word. We hear that. No one who has given up homes, brothers, sisters, fields, lands, for my sake, for the sake of the gospel, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. We, we've heard it in a at Faith Christian Center, you've probably heard it a thousand times. We get familiar with it. But if it's true, and it must be, then it's the pearl of great price. It's the, the field with the treasure in it. We get familiar with the word. And because we get familiar with the word, we don't take action on it. God and his word are one. Say it out loud. God and his word are one. And, word are one. and the word of God is a living thing. Now, now you know, this Bible with the na- nice cover on it uh, sits in my briefcase a lot. It, it, it has no power in the briefcase. I mean, here in my hand, it has no power. It's a book with paper pages. May have a fancy cover on it, but that's what it is. But when I read it, when I hear it, when I meditate on it, when I allow it to come across my lips, and when I take action on it, it's alive. You know why? Because it's the word of God. I never cease to be amazed by this. (laughs) You know, back in the old days, Sue would ask me, uh, you know, uh, where's that verse? And she'd give me a a word or two or three of it, you know, and you get out the Young's Concordance and you get out the Strong's Concordance and you look at the back of your Bible and those are the old days. Now, all you need is two or three, four words and you can search it online, how is that possible with the, the, the billions of documents that are online, how can you type in two or three or four or five words from your faulty memory of the Bible and it'll tell you the reference? Because they're the same words that are in every newspaper and magazine, but they were arranged by God and they are like none other. Can you see that? I mean, just type in, Father, thy word is truth. It's going to tell you where it is. It's not something that 13 philosophers and two professors ever said. It is distinctive. It is unique unto unto itself. And this is also why we can have confidence and surety that the Lord's watching over his word. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active. Say it out loud. The word of God, word of God is, a is a living thing. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And that's why they have to, that's why the new thing has been to, for preachers to get the Bible out of their sermons. Because the Bible judges. I didn't write it. And so, If you come in on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and and the the minister happens to be in this verse or that verse, people get convicted and they don't like being convicted. And so then they complain about that and then ministers change their course of action. And uh, our perspective here at Faith Christian Center is very different. You have to understand that. We're gonna be true. I was just telling Austin before the service, in the chosen, there's a great episode where Jesus is at the house of Zebedee, and the disciples are there, and he's talking about uh, if the master's on a long trip and he's coming back, what are the servants doing? They're waiting. They're waiting. Where are they waiting? They're waiting at the gate. It gets dark. What are they doing? They have they have uh, candles or they have lamps, and They're not eating the master's food. They're not taking a nap in the master's bed. They're not falling asleep. They're waiting. They're waiting at the gate for the master to come. And that's the way we live. We're not asleep at the we're not asleep at the gate. We're not playing games. We are convinced his return is imminent. And we are waiting. We're waiting at the gate with our lamps burning brightly. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to yield. We're not going to roll over. We're not going to change. We're just staying with it. And we're waiting. Now, I know you've heard all this before. And uh, it all seems very monotonous. But there will come a point the day after the rapture, those words will be in the hearing of people, sadly. I remember when he said that. I remember when he talked about, you know, standing watch waiting for the return of the lord when noah was building that ark don't you think people thought he was crazy until it started what raining, raining. and then it was what it was too late and so i know one thing we're <laughs> we're about 2000 and so many years closer to the rapture than we were when Paul talked about it I know that I know that now I don't mean to frighten people we we can we continue we carry on until he comes so we live in two worlds at once we we live our lives like he won't come in our lifetime, so we save money, we invest money, we have retirement accounts, but on the other hand, we live like he's coming in three minutes. We, we're at the gate with our lamps burning brightly, and we're waiting. So we're not, we're not trying to achieve success. Here at Faith Christian Center, we're not trying to achieve success like the world does. You know, If I owned, if Sue and I owned a restaurant, which we could never do, because you can't have a restaurant and pay the bills without booze. But if we had a restaurant, we we would we would know how to have a restaurant. In other words, you find out what people want, and you give them what they want. It's not that complicated. But this is not a restaurant. This is not that. It's not a business. It's the Church of the Living God. And we didn't set the standards. We don't just wake up every morning and, and uh, or, or like a lot of these preachers, go to church growth conferences and find out the latest thing to do to try and get a crowd. No, we're servants. A servant doesn't decide what to do. And not just that, not only are we servants, we're dead men. We're dead to the world. That's why, we didn't ever, that's why we don't fall in love with the world. 1 John. You know, dead men don't sin. So we're dead to the world, but we're alive to God. That's it. Well, pastor, can't we enjoy everything that this world has to offer? You can enjoy a lot of what this world has to offer, but you can't enjoy everything this world has to offer. So we live for him. We make our ways pleasing to him. And so in our lifetime, when when we've gone to church and gotten convicted, guess what? We change. We don't insist the preacher change the Bible. We change. When we get convicted, we change. We don't insist that the church change. We don't insist that God change. All these theories, ideas, and opinions, you have to understand, you have to understand how dangerous this is, what they're doing. You have to understand how dangerous this is. Many will say to me on that day, not a a handful, not a few, not some, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, even cast out devils? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And the risk is too great. Plus, on top of that, we love the Lord. That may be our biggest problem here at Faith Christian Center. We love the Lord. So we're not going to displease Him. (laughs) To me, it is a total, absolute no-brainer. Let's see. I'm going to displease God to please people. And let me tell you something I've learned in my pilgrimage and 50 years preaching the gospel. You don't know what people want. So any attempt to try and make them happy is sure to backfire because you have no idea what they want. They don't know what they want. How, how could I know what people want when they don't know what they want? So the thing to do is just be true to the word. And then here's the thing I've noticed When I'm true to God's word, I stay in health. When I'm true to God's word, all my needs are met. When I'm true to God's word, all my bills are paid. When I'm true to God's word, uh, the word works for me. That's where we're headed tonight. The word works for me. And the word of God abides forever. David said in Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Think about that. This earth is going to be remodeled. The elements, Peter wrote, will melt. But Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now, something we have to get settled in our spirit, and I'm going to give you some verses here that are very much verses to memorize and meditate on and then to rehearse in the mornings in prayer. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? So God's not like your ex. God's not like a politician. There's never been an oops come out of the mouth of God. God doesn't need a mulligan, a a do-over. Every word of God. First Samuel 15, 29 is a companion verse. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. And then God, God promised us in Psalm 89, 34, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. God himself has given us his word that he will not violate his covenant or alter what his lips have uttered. And then we have Jeremiah 1.12, God watches over his word to perform it. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I love that. I will hasten my word to perform it. And as the decades have rolled by in my life, if somebody were to follow me around in prayer and and tape me and analyze how much of my prayers are me rehearsing God's word back to him, it's got to be 50%. Because my strategy is, he's watching over his word to perform it. He's not watching over my whining, crying, complaining, and and bloviating to confirm it. He's watching over what? He's watching over his word to confirm it. Prayer is not... Telling God what's going on in your life. This, this, you know, this series. We've been doing this for two years now. Somebody might say, uh, "When are we going to get out of this?" Well, I don't know. What's more important to talk about than faith and prayer? Amen. But a lot of people, their prayer life is like God's ignorant, and so they have to read the newspaper to him. You know, Father God, it's all going to heck, and the president's doing this, and Congress is doing that. And my, my. Sister in law is doing that. My brother in law is doing this. God knows all of that. So when you spend time telling God the news, you're, you're not wasting His time because He's not listening to you. You're wasting your time. I say He's not listening to you because He says, I, I'm watching over my what? Word. My word to perform it. So, when, when, how can we catch His attention? When we're praying, how can we catch his attention? With his word. The Amplified says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. No word from God is void of power. This word can live in our hearts. That's why we are encouraged to meditate on the word. Say it out loud. The word of God, word of God can, live in me. can live in me. Say it this way. The word of God, word of God can live in my heart. We can obey the word and do the word and then we can enjoy the word. You know, these sentences just come out of me and it has like nuclear power, but only if somebody takes action on it. We can obey the word and do the word and we can enjoy the word. Say it out loud. I can obey the word. And I can do the Word. word, And I can enjoy the Word. word. Proverbs 18, 21 is an example. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life. You've heard me tell this story countless times. We built that building up there at I-30. We started construction in August of 1987. The stock market crashed in October of 87. That didn't affect any of us because none of us had any money. But after that, it affected the economy because there was a a nasty recession that followed that. We moved into the first building up there, third Sunday of March 1988, and we just weren't making it. We just weren't making it. We just weren't making it. And uh, we heard Fred Price, June of 1988, at the Maybe Center, at Oral Roberts University, at Charismatic Bible Ministries. And uh, I can stand here and say it changed my life, but it didn't change my life immediately. I needed a few more beatings. It's our our nature. It's the seed of Adam in us. I needed, I needed some more beatings. I had to go through some more hell. I had to, I had to struggle. But some, I don't even remember what the catalyst was, but somewhere, someway, somehow, over in 1989, I think what it was is after we heard Fred Price in person in June of 88, we started watching him on Friday nights. On television and in that process then I ordered you, they won't sell it to you anymore but we have it <laughs> uh, if you ask politely we might get it to you but don't tell anybody uh, 55 part series on the power of a positive confession the reason they won't sell it to you is because it's the old version and he redid it but Fred's like wine the older is the better and uh, and so I got a car that had a cassette deck in it. First one I ever had that had a cassette deck. Now, I'd had cars with eight track players. <laughs> but this car had a cassette deck in it. And so I'd listen to those messages and all of my coming and going. See, it was different then. It's not like it is now. I got all these employees. But back then, I, I went to Walmart. I, went, I did every hospital visit. I did everything. And so I was in the car. And I was listening to those messages, listening to those messages. The power of a positive confession. And one of the scriptures he zeroed in on repeatedly in that series was, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And he pointed out, I didn't invent this or come up with this uh, thought. It doesn't say life and death. Because life is not the default with people, with human beings, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death is the default. So that was in the eighty-nine time frame, and uh, I mean it was like a it was like a long, slow bowed bottom. And when we came up out of it, it wasn't immediate, but the ship began to come back up and float. And then there were other things he taught that I took action on. And today we're eating the fruit thereof. I hate to mention things. People get upset when I give examples, but uh, we're in a blessed place. Amen. Amen. And that's why when, when, I, when these great men were alive, you know, we would give to them because we owed them. This, you know, I didn't invent all this stuff. I learned. Some people, you can't tell them anything. They, they know everything. You can't tell them anything. But man, we were hungry for that word. Let me say something else about this. The thought never crossed our minds that Fred Price was black. We didn't care. All this race stuff is horrific. All we cared about, kids were, the kids were worn out with it. We would vacation in Palm Springs and on Sunday drive all the way in to South Central Los Angeles and go to church And then drive all the way back out to Palm Springs. Remember that? Oh, yeah. You don't like it? Too bad. I'm the one with the driver's license. (laughs) Amen. I told Christina. I used to fly. People judge you for this stuff. I used to fly once a month. To Los Angeles, I can't go anywhere alone. So I mean, back, uh, way back, and I'd fly first class. I'd take Austin or Christina with me, and I'd go to Tuesday night Bible study. And uh, then they had a red eye on the way back. Got in about midnight. They were just moving the plane. Nobody on it. And so normally I'd take Austin, but Christina wanted to go, so I took Christina. And I knew she was going to fall asleep. I just knew it. So we sat about 10 rows back, and sure enough, she fell asleep. You know, Fred's doing his thing. It's Tuesday night, Bible study. And uh, we're on our way out after church, and Fred's oldest says, uh, Dr. Lingerfeld, hang on a second. And I thought, oh, brother. And uh, she, she, she told an usher to get the head usher. And, you know, you kind of don't know in a black church how this is going to go down. Right. And so I thought, oh, brother. So anyway, she says to this, that usher, she says, you see this man? Yes, ma'am. He never sits anywhere but the front row. I said, I said, Angela, you don't have to do this. I said, I knew she would fall asleep. I said, I don't want, I don't want to sit on the front row with a child sleeping. She said, we don't care. She said to that usher, That man sits on the front row when he's here. So that doesn't happen if you're there irregularly. Remember what Jesus is going to tell people? Away from me, I never knew you. I don't know about you, but when I walk out the front door and I start praying, I don't want somebody in heaven saying, who dat? (laughs) Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what they've done with all this race stuff is so wicked and so evil because the only thing that matters is when you're looking for a church and you're looking for a minister is the only thing that matters is do they have the words of life coming out of their mouth? And I don't care if they're pink or purple or whatever. If they do, they're great. And if they don't, avoid them like Ebola. It's not about color. It's about the word of God. But see, that's what we were looking for. And we needed it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And we often hear people quote the first part of the verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue, but they forget about the second part, and that is, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I said all of that to say this. We're we're enjoying the fruit thereof. We're enjoying the fruit thereof. We're enjoying the fruit thereof. We passed, we were coming back because of this crazy construction going on. We find ourselves doing a lot of back roads lately. And we were coming back back from Fort Worth on some back road and we passed a church and you know it's out in the middle of nowhere but they had a nice entrance and I, told, I mentioned to Sue I said you know they've, they've done pretty good dressing up this thing out here in the middle of nowhere and uh, but I thought I, I've never owned a church piece of property that wasn't a right hand exit on an expressway You know, we have 55 acres here. And it's not on some back road somewhere. And that's part of the problem, right? Cuz I heard you say you have relatives who won't come here cuz it's too nice. They they'd come up, they would come back when we were up at I-30, which I guess is a testament that it wasn't that nice. <laughs> but You know, they they say, "Well, this is too nice." How can it be too nice? We we're preparing for heaven. Amen. How can it be too nice? If it's God's people coming, how can it be too nice? But that is a mentality out there. But we're, we're eating. We're enjoying the fruit thereof. That's my point. We're enjoying the fruit thereof. Hallelujah. And we need to enjoy the fruit thereof. When you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas station, and you see what all this money printing has done. Say it out loud. When we obey the word and do the word, we get, to enjoy the Word. we get to enjoy the Word. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through Him, through Jesus, who was called the Word, until He was planted as a seed in the womb of Mary. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Now all the mighty achievements wrought by men, and not just men of God, all the mighty achievements wrought by men have been accomplished by faith in the written word of God. God just doesn't get enough credit for this. I mean, the great composers, what we call classical music, they were writing for God. I mean, think what has happened to the... Think what has happened with the de-Christianization of Europe and North America. In 1969, Boeing introduced 747 commercial airline service. In 1969, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. In 1969, the Concorde began commercial airline service. Except for countless wars, costing trillions of dollars, what has man done? since 1969 nothing so far as I can tell oh I got a new phone well guess what that wasn't made here have you noticed even Hollywood they never come up with anything new when 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 anything comes out it's a rehash of something that was in black and white years decades ago now so the source of inspiration not just the source of faith the source of inspiration is the word of god just look at architecture just look at architecture i mean think about what they've done with architecture people who had no college education could design something like Notre Dame. And now we have the most hideous concrete boxes designed by people with master's degrees in architecture. Because, see, 150 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago, they were building to give glory to God. But now somebody went to school. And... I don't know who they're designing for because most buildings now, to me, look like prisons. Maybe that's going to be a conversion therapy later. You know, in other words, a conversion strategy that, well, we're going to build this. It's going to look like a prison. So, you know, later when its usefulness has come to an end, they can make it a prison. It's amazing. Whether you talk about music or the arts or architecture, The beauty's gone. And I know what I'm talking about. We walked and prayed in Kiev. We went to Kiev with T.L. Osborne for a crusade. Everybody wants communism, but they've never been anywhere. You know, all these people that want communism have never been further than Disney World. But when you actually go to a country that was communist, talk about bleak. Yeah, but pastor, you haven't seen Mission Impossible and seen all those scenes of Moscow. All that beautiful stuff was built before Stalin and Lenin. Anything built after Stalin and Lenin is bleak and ugly. I'm trying to brag on the word of God tonight and tell you that that the word of God is not just our source of faith, The Word of God is our source of beauty. The Word of God is our source of inspiration. Jesus was the Word made flesh. Jesus spoke the Word, and Jesus was the Word, and Jesus is the Word, and the Word is Jesus. It's all the same thing. So when these ministers are dissing the Word, they're dissing Jesus and they're dissing God. And now we are to have faith in the living word, the written word of God. Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. It is that word on the believer's lips that heals the sick sick and breaks the power of demons over men. It is that word. The word is what we have. Oh, but pastor, I got the Holy Ghost. You wouldn't know about the Holy Spirit if it weren't for the Bible. We have the word. And we have his spirit, and that is what we have. So, I hold his word in my hand. I have his word in my heart. I have his word on my lips. I live his word, and his word lives in me. See, it's only Jesus, John fifteen seven. if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So I have to live in his word for that to happen, and his word has to live in me for that to happen. And there are people here tonight, and you say, well, that's too much, that's too complicated. You know, three steps to this, four steps to that, all of this. I can't do all that. But you could tell me the record of whoever's pitching for the Rangers and losing now. You could tell me the win-loss record of this team. You, You could tell me all kinds of useless information. It won't change your life. Let's say, for example, a miracle happened and the Rangers won the World Series. How would that change your life? How would that impact you? Or if Jerry Jones ever manages to get back to a Super Bowl without being a spectator. I mean, how does that change your life? How would that impact you? I want something that will change my life. I want something that will impact me. And social media has got everybody living in virtual reality. You know, such and such an actress is carrying this purse, and this actor is driving this kind of car, and, you know, this is going... What difference does all that make? The only thing that matters is what kind of car you're driving and what kind of purse you're carrying if you're a sister in the Lord. You know, what's going on on in New York or Washington or Hollywood? That doesn't impact us. That doesn't affect us. That has no bearing on us. It's all virtual. But I'm telling you, I'm see, I, I, I see a glazed look. Don't, don't be like that, man. I, I am speaking the words of life. And I'm telling you that when we got onto this and we changed our mouths and we changed our vocabulary, it, it was work. It was literally work. I mean, listening to those messages over and over and over. And, then, and me helping Sue and Sue helping me and the kids in the back seat helping both of us. It didn't happen overnight. But today, we're eating the fruit thereof. So the word of God is my healing, my strength, and my salvation. Say it out loud. The word of God God is my healing, my strength, strength, and and my salvation. The word of God is the bread of life to me. The word of God is the strength, the very ability of God to me. The word of God is my confession. The word is my light and my salvation. The word is my rest at night. The word gives me quietness in the midst of confusion. The word gives me victory in the midst of defeat. The word gives me joy where desolation reigned. The word on my lips becomes the living, life-saving, soul-inspiring voice of the living God. I know what God's word on my lips will do. It will do impossible things. It will do things men say are impossible. But first... It has to be the word in your heart, and then it has to be the word on your lips, and then it has to be the word that you take action on.